Spencer Strider helps the Atlanta Braves get a little bit of payback against the Phillies as they clinch the NL East Division title. They're sixth in a row in Philadelphia on Wednesday night. We'll break it all down here on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at Shortstop Ball. Make sure you check out the podcast as well at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. If you're new on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We're just about 50 subscribers away from hitting 7,000, which is our goal by the postseason. So we've got a couple of weeks left to get there. Thank you so much for all your support. Hitting that like button on each and every video really does help a ton. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. I want to give a shout-out to Nestor D., the N.A. Chris Floppy Toppy from Auburn and Eclipse. And I hope that concrete comes in on time today, Eclipse. Thanks so much for letting me know that you are an everyday listener of Locked On Braves. And today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Well, the Braves got it done in really great fashion on Wednesday night. A 4-1 to win, a dominant outing by Spencer Strider, big home run by Austin Riley. And the Braves in front of the Phillies in Philadelphia, the team that eliminated them last year, they clinched their sixth straight division title. I want to talk about all of that today. We'll go through the league and look at what else is going on around baseball because, hey, Braves have done their job. There's obviously still some more work to be done, but now you start thinking about who's your opponent going to be? How do you match up against some of these other teams? So really start to focus around some other teams in the league. But six straight division titles, a 4-1 to win on Wednesday night. A lot of hard work goes into this, and you hear you know, Alex Anthopoulos say it, you hear Brian Snicker say it, all the players say it, and it sounds like hyperbole. It's not. It's a lot of hard work. I think baseball is the biggest grind in all of sports. I think it's the most difficult grind in all of sports. And to win six straight division titles in today's game is just truly remarkable. You go back, and I was a 90s kid. I grew up in the 14-year the run that the Braves had, and it was special. And you look now, and you know why. It's because they built a group of Hall of Famers. Uh, you're talking about a Hall of Fame manager, uh, three Hall of Fame pitchers, a Hall of Fame third baseman, should be a Hall of Fame center fielder. They mix it in with some other pieces as well. But they created a group and was able to keep it together for a long time and not just a you know, group of good players, a group of potential or eventual Hall of Fame players. And it kind of feels like what they're doing now. I'm not you know, predicting any of these guys going to the Hall of Fame, although I think Freddie Freeman has a, a really good chance and he's obviously a bitty, really big part of a lot of this run you know i don't want to get too far of our head ourselves with ron acuna jr but clearly you know he's on that type of pace and i just think what this team has done the front office has done this is this is not easy and you look coming into this season and you know phillies and the mets in the big offseason they had all the money that the mets were spending a lot of people were picking those teams to win the nl east this was 
not an easy grind. And you, you look at even the division right now. Yeah, the Mets are out of it, which is just, you know, should tell you that this is hard in and of itself because it's the highest payroll in team history. They had a lot of good players. Things just didn't work out. And that can happen in a season, and it can completely derail your season. Look, the Braves have had – and you heard Alex Santopoulos talking about it last night. If you would have told me we're coming into the season and for the majority of the season we wouldn't have the guy who finished second in the NL Cy Young voting last year and a guy that won 21 games, uh, then you probably would have said this things aren't going very well. But because of the depth that this team has and because they have a historic offense that for the most part has stayed healthy most of the season, they're able to overcome that. And, again – you look at this division now, you got a Phillies team that's at the top of the wild card race. You got a Marlins team that's right there in the mix. And again, you have a Mets team down there that had the highest payroll in baseball history coming in. This not like this is an easy division to win. And the Braves won it going away. Two and a half weeks left in the season, and they have clinched this division. The first one to clinch a postseason spot, the first one to clinch a division. I mean, this is this is not easy. They made it look easy this year. You saw how difficult. It was last year. This is the complete opposite. And I'll tell you the same thing I, I told you when they clinched the playoff berth. Do not take this for granted. I know a lot of you commented and said that you don't, you know, you enjoy the ride. Please do so. Please enjoy the ride. Yes, this is a World Series or bus team. And if they do not win a World Series, it will be, you know, a disappointment in some level. But don't let that take away from this just incredible season that this team has ha is having and just this great collection of players. Again, I've said all the time, we all know in the postseason, it's all about who's hot, who's healthy at the right time. And that's true. But again, this team has done some incredible things this year. Hope you enjoy the journey. Hope you don't take these division titles for granted. I honestly did when I was growing up in the nineties and early two thousand, just took for granted. The Braves are going to win the division. They're going to go to the postseason, and we'll see what happens. Um, but it is obviously a great accomplishment. But as a lot of them mentioned on Wednesday night, there's still a lot of work left to be done, and that's certainly the case. Not only did they, you know, clinch the division on Wednesday, I, I think we somewhat overlooked. They went to Philadelphia against the team that's leading the wild card race, a team that eliminated them last year, a really good team, a really good offensive team, especially. And they took three out of four in Philadelphia. I mean, that's that's really loud. <laughs> I mean, and you look at two of those games that they blew leads late and then came back and held on to still win those games. But they took three out of four in Philadelphia against a team that's leading the wild card race by a pretty good margin. I think that speaks very highly in and of itself. Now, how they got it done on Wednesday, just incredible pitching from Spencer Strider. I, I mean – you watch that first inning, a 36-pitch first inning, and a guy who maybe was a little rusty and had some extra rest, a guy who was coming off an of illness. And in my mind, I'm thinking, how do we get him through five innings? And then he retires 12 of the next 13 batters. He had that 36-pitch first inning. He gave up one run but limited it to just one run, had some calls that maybe didn't go his way. And then he retires 12 of the next 13 batters he faces and not only does he get through five innings he gets through seven innings and he throws 110 pitches not only was that huge for you know clinching the division it also you know saved a bullpen that had been just overused in this series and honestly had gotten kind of lit up in this series for the most part so absolutely huge start from Spencer Strider again coming off extra rest but also coming off an illness I, I didn't know how long he'd be able to go in this game I speculated he may only throw 
80, 85 pitches. And then to be able to do that and to go deep into this game and go seven innings and still have that effectiveness, uh, that's loud to me. And that says a lot about, you know, Spencer Strider and where he's at and a pitcher that's still developing. And you something you heard John Smoltz talk a lot about in this series when he talks about Spencer Strider, he thinks the next level for him that could take him to the next level is those in-game, you know, I don't want to call it attitude adjustments. I'm not trying to say he has an attitude problem, but just the way that he works through in-game struggles and how he carries himself on the mound and just that, uh, again, I can't think of a better word for than attitude right now, but just the, his demeanor um, on the mound and how hitters will feed off of that and being able to control that and keep that stone-faced, you know, look about him on the mound that nothing's getting to him. You go back to that start against the Mets last year in New York where they're they're fouling off these, these pitches. He, he's not getting calls, and you can just visibly see the frustration on him, and it's getting to him. And those Mets hitters are feeding off of that, and they continue to foul off pitches. Phillies did that in the first inning against him. They fouled off a lot of tough pitches. There's a lot of close pitches that didn't go his way, and he had to battle through that. And, yes, he gave up the one run, but it didn't turn into a – a three-run homer. It didn't turn into a crooked number. He was able to work out of that, and then he was able to settle down and go six more innings. This start told me a lot about Spencer Strider, and look, I think highly of him. I said coming into the year he's going to win the NL Cy Young. He's not. I would not vote for him at this point. I just think the ERA is too high, and I think there's other deserving candidates, but I still think he will win one one day, and and I just I think this start says a lot about Spencer Strider and where he is and his development and just the next level that he could go to. Overall line, seven innings, four hits, two walks, one earned, nine strikeouts, just four hard hits allowed, 17 whiffs, 19 called strikes, 11 of 22 whiffs on that slider. I mean, that's the dominant stuff we're, we're used to seeing from Spencer Strider. But to me, the biggest thing was working through those struggles, working through those frustrations of the foul balls, the close takes. He walked two batters. They were both... You know, the first three batters of the game walked Harper, walked uh, walked Schwarber uh, to start the game, and no more after that. So I love this outing from Strider. Told me a lot about him, and that's going to be one of the keys down the stretch. We'll talk about it later in the podcast, but making sure he and both Max Fried are healthy and locked in going into the postseason. And then Brad Hand and Kirby Yates finishing it off in a, you know, a close game, a three-run game late. I talked about it yesterday. Brad Hand could be huge. Uh, because there are no other lefties right now outside of A.J. Minter, who, you know, he's going to work in a high-leverage role in the, the seventh, eighth inning. I think, in my mind, I'd use him whenever the top of the lineup's coming up or whenever you have some tough lefties coming up in the seventh or eighth inning, maybe even the ninth, but that's a discussion for another day. But Brad Hand's going to be big here because he is your other lefty. Dylan Lee is, is not there anymore. Uh, on the injured list. So you're going to need Brad Hand to come in and get some big outs against lefties. And he struggled somewhat coming over to Atlanta, first couple of outings there, but he's really settled in. The back-to-back outings he had against the Phillies were huge. And Kirby Yates as well. I think both of these guys are right there on the outside of that core group. And they're going to have to get you some big outs in those fifth, sixth, maybe seventh inning type of roles where you bridge that gap to Jimenez, Minter, Iglesias, you know, Pierce Johnson's right there in that mix as well. So, Going to need both Hand and Yates to get you some big outs in the postseason. Acuna with three more hits, uh, three more hard-hit balls. He stole a base as well, giving him 66 on the year. Mentioned Riley. He got it started with a two-run homer in the first inning. Want to see him finish strong. You know, that was a big talking point last year is that Austin Riley had that 
monster month of July and then just really fell off a cliff after that. Maybe look like he ran out of gas, whatever it may be. Don't want to see that happen this year, and it doesn't look like it is. And in August, he slashed 289, 348, 537. And then so far in September, he's slashing 262, 360, 548. So it looks like he's finishing much stronger this season, which would be great for this Braves offense going into the postseason. And you already got Acuna, obviously, and Olsen up there is the MVP candidate. You get Riley going as well, who's, you know, on most years is going to be an, an MVP candidate himself. It just makes this offense even more deadly when all three of those guys could be potentially clicking at the same time. So great win. Glad they were able to clinch it on Wednesday. Now you got the off day on Thursday. And I love watching the celebration. I want to talk about this as well because I don't know about you, but I stay up to midnight going watching every bit of those celebrations. It's just, it's to me, it's so fun. It's so rewarding to see these guys who, who work so hard. And yes, they're grown men, but they're, you know, partying they're excited uh, over you know a, a, what is essentially a, a kid's game and winning and just you know it's their reward and it's one night you heard charlie morton talk about it you know we'll take an hour hour and a half here and just enjoy this moment and i just always think that's so cool i love watching those celebrations you know not even for braves but for other teams as well i just think it's so cool to watch these players these these grown men just kind of act like kids and enjoy a moment that they worked really hard for so i love watching those and again i watch every bit of them and love all the interviews and everything it's just really great and uh one of the fun things i love about clinching these divisions and watching those celebrations so that was a lot of fun as well hopefully you enjoyed all that and the coverage of that but raise a clinch the division who's next who's next to clinch the division what's going on around the league it's thursday so we'll have our through the league thursday segment here next passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is always what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com motors. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Braves have the off day on Thursday, then they'll be back on action Friday against the Marlins at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Braves. All right, it's Thursday, so we'll do our Through the League Thursday segment here, going through the standings for each division and then giving you an uh, update on some of the league leaders. We're mainly or we're only going to focus on the offensive side of things today. Then we got some news to get to as well from around the league that's pretty impactful for the postseason race, so we'll discuss all of that. In the NL East, you got the Braves wrapping it up, clinching it 96-50 and 50 on the year. The Phillies are in second place at 79-67. and 67. Uh, It's just truly remarkable. You look at the records and the gap that the Brave ha Braves have there, and the Phillies and Marlins are good teams. The Marlins are 75-71. and 71. Then you have the Mets at 67-78, and 78, and you got the Nats at 65-81. and 81. In the AL East, it's tightening up a little bit there. You got the Orioles up two games on the Rays, and they start a big four-game series Thursday night. So tonight, 
when this podcast is coming out. You got that big series starting. So looking forward to watching that. And the AL Central, the Twins have pretty much wrapped that up. They're seven and a half games up on the Guardians. In the AL West, Astros up one game on the Rangers and one and a half games on the Mariners. So that division race remains really tight. And the AL Wild Card, the Rays, you know, they're pretty much guaranteed a postseason spot. They're eight and a half games up in the first wild card spot. And again, they're still looking at that division race as well. And then you got the Rangers, Mariners, and Blue Jays all within one and a half games fighting for those last two spots. And the NL Central, the Brewers are up four games on the Cubs. They finished the season against each other. So that could be a really fun race. And the Braves faced the Cubs right before that. So the Braves could have a say in that NL Central. And then in the NL West, I think the Dodgers will be the next to celebrate their magic number. I believe it's four at the moment. Um, so I think the Dodgers will probably be the next one to celebrate a division title as they're really close to doing that. In the National League wild card, the Phillies are up a game and a half on the Cubs for the top spot. And then the Cubs are the three and a half up overall on a playoff spot. And you got the Cubs right behind the Phillies. Then you got the Diamondbacks, the Reds, the Marlins, and the Giants all battling for that final spot. So the NL wild card race is a really good one to watch. Now, in terms of what games and series you should be watching this weekend, if you're into these division races and if you want to take your eyes off the Braves for a minute, which even with them clinching, I don't know how you do because they're all still chasing some pretty incredible numbers this year and you just can't take your eyes off Acuna at the moment. But you got a couple screens. You want to watch some important games for division races, wild card races down the stretch. I mentioned the Orioles raise one. Again, if you're any kind of baseball fan and you're interested to see uh, some of these races and look, uh, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but if the Braves do make it to the World Series, they may be facing one of these teams, the Orioles or the Rays. So I'm going to be watching that series as much as I can. I think it's going to be a really fun one to watch and could decide that AL East race over there. The Rays are going to have to win that series, obviously, uh, to kind of get back in there. But just two games back going in. Marlins and Brewers and Rangers and Blue Jays are finishing a series on Thursday night. Those have some big postseason implications this weekend you got the Cubs and the Diamondbacks so that's a big series for the NL wild card race and you got the Dodgers and the Mariners and that should just be a really fun series the Mariners have been absolutely on fire the second half of the season the Dodgers obviously like I said they're getting really close to clinching that NL West so I just think that'll be a fun series overall against between two really good teams so that'll be a fun one to watch all right this week I'm going to give you just the counting stat leaders offensively so I'm going to go through a lot of just counting categories here uh, and some averages as well offensively. Your runs leaders, and, and I'm just curious to see who's going to win these. And another part of going through this, I want to see, you know, again, who's going to win these categories now that we just have two and a half weeks left. Uh, runs, I think Acuna is going to win this one. He's at 133. Freeman's behind him at 121, and then Betts at 120, and Olsen at 116. So I think Acuna's got that one wrapped up. Hits, Acuna's at 199, and Freddie Freeman's at 194, Arise at 190. So that was still pretty close, but Acuna's got a, a good lead on that one. So, again, when you're looking at that MVP case, Acuna's really close to wrapping up being the league leader in runs and hits. Doubles, this one is just absurd. You know, we talk about the power with Matt Olsen, you know, when comparing him and Freddie Freeman, and Olsen definitely has that power. But Freddie Freeman's leading all of baseball with 55 doubles this year that's just insane second place is Corey Seager with 39 Matt Olson leads the leagues in RBI at 128 Pete Alonso is next at 108 so you got Freeman who's going to lead the league in doubles you got Matt Olson who's pretty much already locked up leading the league in RBI 
I think he's pretty much locked up leading the league in home runs as well. He's at 51, and then Alonzo and Otani at 44, Schwarber at 43. So I think Olsen's got a good hold on that one. Yeah, bets at 39, and Acuna's catching bets at 37. So if that was one of the categories MVP voters were looking at, Acuna's not that far behind bets at the moment, only two home runs behind him. Walks, uh, Juan Soto has 119, Schwarber 118. Matt Olsen's third with 94. He's not going to catch them, but you got a little bit of a race there between Soto and Schwarber is who leads the league and walks. Stolen base, I think Acuna's got this one wrapped up as well. He has 66, Estuary Ruiz has 58, and then Corbin Carroll at 47. Average, I think Luis Larise has this one. It's going to be hard to make up 10 points average-wise in the last couple weeks of the season, but Luis Arise at 349. Corey Seager at 340. Freddie Freeman at 339, and Acuna at 335. So Arise pretty much has that one wrapped up. On base percentage, this was this one is a tight race with Acuna currently leading at 416. Then you got Freeman at 415, Betts at 413, and Otani at 412. So that's one there that could go either way down the stretch, and you got you know a couple of MVP candidates in there, and Acuna, Freeman, and Betts. Obviously, Otani and the American League slugging percentage. This is a tight one as well between Otani and Corey Seager. Otani leads the league with a 654 slug. Seager is second with 653. Olsen's a distant third with 614. And then OPS, you got Otani at 1066 and Seager at 1055. You wonder if Corey Seager works his way into that AL MVP discussion as well. I'm sure he's in the discussion, but can he overtake Otani? Uh, in the National League, yeah, Betts at 1021 and Acuna at 1002, and then Olsen at 999. So Betts has a pretty good lead there on OPS in the National League. So those are your offensive league leaders. Next week we'll do pitching, uh, and then we'll probably finish the month talking about team league leaders, and then we'll get into our postseason awards as well later in the month. As far as news, there's some big news um, this past week. The Max Scherzer done for the regular season and likely will not pitch in the playoffs. That's a big loss for the Texas Rangers. You think about it now, they, they went and got DeGrom in the offseason. He's out. They traded for Max Scherzer. He's out. I mean, that is just brutally tough luck for the Texas Rangers. You also had to know there was some risk involved with both of those guys. They were willing to take on that risk, and unfortunately – like I said, just did not work out for them. Really hate that for the Rangers and Max Scherzer. Mets hired David Stearns as president of baseball operations. That's a huge hire for the Mets. Stearns did a great job in Milwaukee. I covered that team for a season or so, and he did a fantastic job there building a winner, what has turned into a perennial winner over there in Milwaukee, a small market team on a low budget, and now he goes to the Mets in their big budget. So, be interesting to see what kind of job he does there. But I just I know he was tremendous in Milwaukee. Hope that's not the case with the Mets, but great hire for the Mets. Jason Dominguez, big prospect for the Yankees, came up. Uh, was kind of getting going there with the Yankees and making a lot of noise. He unfortunately has a torn right ulnar collateral ligament and may need Tommy John surgery. So you hate to hear that. You know, for a hitter, it's you know. Uh, can be a little bit easier and coming back a little bit quicker, but still not great news. And then for the Dodgers, some really you know bad news for them. Walker Bueller has you know announced he's done in 2023. He was trying to make a comeback, but just going to wait for the 2024 season. And then Julio Urias currently placed on administrative leave with another domestic violence charge being investigated against him. I believe it's his either his second or third time 
Uh, he's been charged with domestic violence. So I doubt he's going to be available for them in the postseason. So that's two guys in Bueller and Arias that maybe they were you know, expect, expecting to have Arias and hoping to get back Bueller. And now it's looking like they may not, not, not have either of those guys for the postseason. So some big losses there for the Dodgers. And then mention this news as well, uh, Jeff Passan and others reporting that the same pitch clock rules will remain in the postseason. I hated to hear that. I personally was hoping they would do away with the pitch clock in the postseason as much as I love it in the regular season. And I think it's done a lot of good for the game of baseball to speed up the action. I personally was hoping it would go away in the postseason. I do not want to see a strike, a ball, whatever, dictated by a, a pitch clock in the postseason. So that was pretty upsetting to me. I was hoping they would at least either you know raise the time or just do away with it completely in the postseason. We should not be getting guys who are getting walked or struck out on a pitch clock violation in the biggest games of the year. So that's a little disappointing to me. I, I hated to hear that news. But hopefully guys are used to it now, and hopefully it doesn't become a factor in the postseason because that would be – Pretty bad if that is the case. All right, next we have a little bit of news, not really, but I want to talk about what's next for this Braves team. Now that they've clinched, how do they handle things the rest of the way, and particularly the starting rotation? We'll discuss all of that next. Don't get caught unprepared when disaster strikes. Make sure you have emergency medication ready. Jason Medical can help you be prepared. Their Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. I ordered mine the other day. The process is really simple. All it takes is a Jace case. Fill out a, all it takes for a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form and, in some cases, jump on a quick call with a board-certified physician. Everyone should be empowered to take care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Braves will be back in action on Friday against the Marlins starting at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Braves. So now that the Braves have clinched the division and they have a pretty good lead, at least in the National League, for home field advantage, how do they handle the rest of the season? There's still two and a half weeks left in the season. And there's always a discussion, rest versus rust. We've kind of talked about this as we've seen this coming I don't know that there's a right answer for this. We've you know, had this discussion as long as I can remember watching baseball and covering baseball, watching those Braves teams in the 90s and 2000s that would clinch so early. How do you stay engaged? How do you stay focused when you clinch so early and have such a long break of you know, quote-unquote competitive games? Uh, there's 16 games left. Nine, nine of those games against teams fighting for a playoff spot. The rest are against the Nationals, who are a young, scrappy team fighting for a job. I think that helps to be playing teams that are trying to get into the place uh, postseason, like the Phillies, uh, like the Cubs, like the Marlins. I think that will help the Braves because you know they're going to have an opportunity to knock some of those guys out. So I think that will help. I think you do give guys days off here and there. Look, Riley's already broke his streak. Give him a break. Sit him down every now and then. Ozzy as well. Arcia, which they've given him some off days here and there. Uh, you know, even Michael Harris, young kid, you know, it's a big workload for him this year. So, you know, maybe get him off his feet 
a day or two. And then for Acuna and Olsen, if they want to continue their streaks and play in every game, that's fine. Fantastic. Put them in a DH spot, you know, a game or two here or there, kind of like they did with Acuna in the doubleheader the other day. I hope that's what we see. I hope those guys, you know, do continue to play because I want to see them play. I want to see them reach some of these personal goals, but I also want to keep them healthy. So maybe just put them in that DH spot two or three times here down the stretch to get them off their feet for a game. I think that's what we'll see here down the stretch. Obviously, the two catchers, they've been kind of been going back and forth. I don't know that it's been good for them offensively uh, to kind of have that, you know, back and forth that they've had one game on, one game off. I don't think that's been great for them to get in a rhythm offensively. So maybe the last three games of the year, you let Murphy start all three of those uh, just to kind of get him back into an everyday rhythm because I I still believe he's going to catch every game in the postseason. But we'll see how that plays out. I mentioned the individual awards and achievements these players have in front of them. I think that helps keep these guys locked in. Acuna going for you know 40-70. Olsen going for the home run record, which he just needs one more to do, the franchise home run record. So uh, there are some individual awards in there that I think will keep these guys engaged and locked in. Playing for home field advantage. I mentioned he got a big lead over the Dodgers, but still pretty close with the Orioles or the Rays, whoever winds up in the top of the American League over there. That really only matters if you face one of those teams in the World Series. So to me, that's not as big of a deal. But again, something else to play for. And the guys mentioned it in the post game last night. For me, getting the rotation set is the biggest key. Keeping Freed and Strider healthy primarily is of utmost importance. Again, making sure neither one of those guys gets sick. You know, Strider's already had an illness, so hopefully he's gotten that out of his system making sure that they stay healthy and ready for the postseason, you know, lining up your rotation to have those guys ready to go for the NLDS. What's the plan with Kyle Wright? What kind of role will he play? I think that's huge here to determine down the stretch, skipping these guys or giving them an extra day of rest. How do you handle that? I think that can be key and important. And then, like I said, lining up that rotation for the NLDS, which I assume is going to be Freed, Strider, Morton, and Elder. Uh, if I had to guess right now is the way that the Braves try to line that up. The pitching strategy right now for this weekend, they, they have Bryce Elder going on Friday to be determined on Saturday, which is probably going to be Jared Schuster and then Charlie Morton on Sunday. So, again, we'll see how that plays out the rest of the way. But, uh, again, keeping these guys you know locked and engaged as much as possible, playing some of these postseason teams, going for some of these individual awards, I think that'll help keep them, you know, their timing down, their focus in intact and keep them locked in going into the postseason. But that's really the key for the rest of the way is just preparing, staying healthy, but also staying locked in for hitters, keeping that timing for pitchers, keeping that uh, control and that command um, intact and getting ready for the NLDS. So uh, that's what to watch here down the stretch and see how that kind of all unfolds. But It'll start on Friday at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. They start a series against the Marlins, who are fighting for a playoff spot. So, again, should be a really fun one. Bryce Elder takes the mound. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. That'll do it for this episode of Locked on Braves. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of each and every day. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked on Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 